0: Armoire.style slash envoys. That's armoire.style, A R M O I R E, dot style slash envoys to get 50% off your first month and never have to worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Welcome to On Boys, real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men. We're your co-hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink of BuildingBoys.net and Janet Allison of BoysAlive.com.
1: As you listen to this in real time, upcoming are two very important online live events that we don't want you to miss so stay tuned and we'll tell you about both of them do you ever wonder
0: what makes him tick when you see his socks again on the floor when once again he has forgot his schoolwork who knows where what is going on in his brain
1: yeah what makes him tick All the time, all the heartache that you spend trying to figure him out. Jen and I have been spending over 40 years combined. Can you believe it? Yeah. Trying to figure out what makes him tick and helping you understand what makes him tick. And the good news is he has a roadmap. There is a code that you can use if you only know what it is.
0: And it is so much easier when you understand what's going on with him and how to communicate with him. It all gets easier.
1: And the good news is Jen and I are going to tell you in a upcoming webinar called Surprise. What makes him tick? There you go. Coming up on February 3rd at noon Pacific, 3 Eastern, join us on Zoom for a live interactive session where we will give you the practical strategies that you can apply immediately and we'll answer your questions. We can
0: troubleshoot your real life situations in real time. No more listening to us and thinking, yeah, but how does that apply to fill in your unique boy situation? We'll talk it through with you.
1: Awesome, together. We love these sessions. Go to onboyspodcast.com slash event.
0: On-boys-podcast.com backslash event.
1: And we'll see you there on February 3rd. And here's an important message about a Brave New World Telesummit that's coming up, hosted by our friend and colleague, Casey O'Rority of Joyful Courage.
2: Thank you, Janet and Jen, for letting me jump into the On Boys podcast space and share a bit about myself and an exciting new offer that I have for parents. My name is Casey. I have been a parent coach, a positive discipline trainer for the last 13 years, and the host of Joyful Courage, which is a conscious parenting and humaning podcast. For the last six years plus i am an imperfect mom to two teens a boy and a girl totally in the trenches of parenthood the reason i'm showing up here today is to invite you to check out my latest mini summit parenting for a brave new world created for parents who are looking to be the designers and influencers of their lives 2020 was craziness 2021 has yet to be determined, I am honored to share five brilliant expert interviews focused on everything from remote learning to social justice parenting to expanding your financial literacy, soul care, and adolescent health. The content is so good. The summit goes live February 1st. To find out more and sign up, go to www.joyfulcourage.com slash BNW. Use the coupon code boys25 for 25% off the cost.
1: And now on to this episode of On Boys. We haven't covered this topic yet in our over two and a half years of the On Boys podcast and yet it is something that plays out every single day for all of us in every relationship in fact just yesterday i had a breakthrough session call with a mom who was quite concerned about her son and as we talked it became very apparent that part of what was going on is the simple fact that he has a completely different style of operating and processing the world than she does and jen and i talk a lot about understanding your son from a boy friendly perspective but what if you had the tools and knowledge to understand him in an even deeper way by tapping into his personality It's like having the roadmap, not only to your son, but to your entire family, how each of you operates, and then how you all operate in relationship to each other. This is brilliant. Our guest today, Sandra Etherington, is the host of the Family Personalities podcast, which is a fun show that uses personality types to help change the way you see yourself and your family. Hi, Sandra.
3: Janet, can I have you write all my intros and everything? That was incredible.
1: (laughs) I'm happy to just pop this one over to you. I
3: love it. That's a perfect explanation of of what personality type can
1: bring to your parenting. This will be so fun to dive into today. Now, you use the Myers-Briggs personality model specifically, and I mean, there are other models out there that our listeners have likely heard of and, and we might touch on those today, but can you start by just telling us what is Myers-Briggs?
3: Yeah. So Myers-Briggs is the personality type model that's denoted by four letters. So for example, my type is I-N-F-J and each of those letters stands for a different preference pair. So for example, the first letter I is either introversion or extroversion. So if you prefer introversion, you're an I. If you prefer extroversion, you're an E. And then the second pair is intuition or sensing. The third pair is thinking or feeling. And the last pair is judging or perceiving. And the idea is that these tendencies measure how we prefer to take in information from the world and how we prefer to make decisions. And it's um, the best way to think of Myers-Briggs, not in either or, because we're much more dynamic than that mm-hmm. as humans. So where I'm, I'm not like, yes, I prefer introversion, but I'm not introverted all the time. I mean, here I am with mm-hmm. you guys extroverting myself over a podcast. Yeah.
0: Anyway, Except I, it's interesting to me because I know um, Janet and I both come up as introverts as well. So yeah, yeah. we do this, but let's be honest. We're also each doing it from the comfort of our own home, (laughs) via the internet, with our own coffee. And as an introvert, for me, this style of interacting is easier than going to a big party with a bunch of people. I don't know.
3: Totally agree.
1: And Jen, I have to remind you of our podcast conference Back in the day, knew she was gonna do this, and (laughs) knew she was gonna do this on. I just, you know, because this is the contrast, and this is the this is the dynamicness of being human. You have certain situations, for instance, a late night party at a podcast conference where there was good music and dancing, and Jen is all over that little (laughs) introvert, right? She's out there (laughs) dancing, and I'm going oh man, there are so many people. I have been with people all day. I, I'm i getting on the bus and going home. Have fun. Goodbye. And no. yet I know in my life, I would not consider myself an introvert because I like people, but I don't like big groups of people. I don't like like big parties and that kind of thing. So Jen's the party. If you want to know the difference between us, Jen's the party girl. <laughs> I'm the one that I'll just go I back feel to the, the hotel need, room. I feel <laughs> the need
0: to underscore why that is a, a thing. Um, part of it is I live in a really small town <laughs> where there is no music and dancing. None. <laughs> it's not an option for me. So when I finally get out of my town in my house and I get to a place where it is, yeah, extra like I have to. And it is interesting to me. I feel like I have become less introverted over time. I've become more comfortable Mm -hmm. being in some extrovert situations. Mm -hmm. And so when I did one of these personality tests online, it showed like I'm like 65% introverted. So there is a pheromone of me that has that extroversion part. And yes, Janet, you saw it. You saw it and boy, did I have fun that night. Yeah,
1: you did. (laughs) Anyway, but we digress back (laughs) to Myers Briggs personality model. And I I, but I think it underscores the fact that there's no there's no like one answer. No, this is specifically your child or yourself. And that's what I, I would love to dive into with you of like, how do you, you know, there's these questions and this quote unquote test, but then how do you apply it and, yeah. and use it as it for a deeper understanding of yourself and your, and your kids and your spouse, perhaps.
3: Yeah. So the best way to look at those preference pairs instead of an either or is thinking of it as very close to the same thing as handedness. So we all have a preferred hand that we use, right? Like I'm right-handed, I always write with my right hand. And I can use my left hand. I use it for various things throughout the day. But if I had to, like, say, write a letter to someone with my left hand, <laughs> that's really awkward. It's frustrating, probably really sloppy, although. You honestly, look like your first grader, best yeah. case scenario, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, although my handwriting's pretty bad with my right hand, too. But anyway. <laughs> But in any case, it's it's more exhausting. It's frustrating. I can work on it, though. Like, say I broke mm. my right hand and mm-hmm. I had to mm-hmm. write with my left hand and do stuff with my left hand, I'd probably get better at it. But when I gained the use back of my right hand, I'd probably go straight back to it because it's just more comfortable.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: And that's a really good way to look at all the Myers-Briggs preference pairs is that there's one that's more comfortable, more natural that we tend to lean toward. And so that's what we're looking for when you're trying to figure out your type or when you're trying to figure out your child's type is where is their most comfortable place of being and can I meet them there? Yes. Because that's they're going to be able to develop much more healthy if you can meet them at their most comfortable place. And the research shows that we develop better as humans if. We spend a lot of time in our most comfortable place, not too much time, we don't want to spend all our time there, but if we can develop those most comfortable parts of ourselves first, then we can have space to develop the other side. And I think a lot of times what we do with our kids is we see something in them that's lopsided and we want them to work really hard on the other side and we kind of force that on them. And it's not making space for that way that they operate more naturally. And if we can make space for that first, then they can develop the other side. So that's the essence of how I use Myers-Briggs in families is identifying those strong functions and helping us reach those first.
1: That's such a great reminder, Sandra, of just, we are, as parents, you know, we're always looking for, where's the deficit? What what do they need more of? Let's, you know, make sure they have that thing. But if we can meet them in that place where they do feel confident and strong and comfortable, then then they're more resourced and they can then stretch. We're trying, you know, we kind of go backwards. We're trying to get them to stretch before... We've met them where they're comfortable.
3: Yes, that's a perfect explanation. If you you could, if you think of the introversion extroversion example, when you have had, if you're an introvert, when you have had time to go inside and rest, then you're much better at coming out and mm-hmm. because you're well resourced was a really great way to put it.
0: You know, that's something uh, with kids in particular, I think there's starting to be a shift, but here in American culture, for sure, in a lot of other countries, there has been a very strong societal preference for extroversion and shy kids. And I was one of them, you mm-hmm. know, shy kids get a bad rap and parents spend so much time worrying and trying to get this kid to come out of his shell. And what you're saying uh, is implying that it's okay. Let him be. Don't let him shut himself off from the world. Of course, that's not what we want.
3: Right. And what's interesting is that it it is definitely extroversion is definitely pushed more and especially in U.S. culture, maybe not so much in some other cultures, but um, in U.S. culture, extroversion is rewarded. And we actually slightly, if you look at the statistics, slightly have a bent towards introversion. There's slightly more introverts in the world than extroverts. And I was actually looking hmm. through in preparing for this podcast, I wanted to look at the the breakdown of percentages for for men or boys. Ah, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And there's actually more of a preference towards introversion in men than when you look at the statistics for women. So it's 57.8% of the global Sample of men is prefer in, uh, introversion and 42.2% for extroversion. I oh, And then wow.
0: so many of us women as both moms and partners come along and say, tell me what you're feeling.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talk to me. Engage yeah. with me. Be with me. Yeah. And, and
0: where I know as an introvert, part of being an introvert means that I need time alone to process and even figure out what I'm thinking Mm -hmm. before I can talk to you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a kind of mind blowing tidbit right there. Thank you.
3: Yeah. And for introversion, other great things, if you have an introverted child getting places early, Like if they have some sort of activity they do, whether it's gymnastics or whatever, I know a lot of us are not able to participate in activities at the moment, but (laughs) if you are an introverted child really benefits from getting someplace early so that they can see what's going on and take stock of the situation before they jump in. There's actually a doctor of neuroscience. He's a professor of neuroscience at UCLA, and he is doing research where he does brain imaging, EEG scans of brain activity and comparing that to Myers-Briggs personality types And seeing what happens with brain activity in the different types. And he's finding that there are clear patterns in how we use our brains based on our Myers Briggs functions. The interesting thing about introversion, extroversion, I actually just did an episode where we talked about this, is that introverts tend to go to the back of their brain first, which is where we consider and reflect and. Um, compare things to our experiences, um, and, you know, analyze, and before we come to the front of our brain, which is the part that decides and acts, whereas extroverts, when inputs come in, it goes directly to that front part of their brain. And so you can, you can, yeah, so you can see why children and adults who prefer introversion just need more time to engage. So you get to an activity early, you give them wait time when you ask them a question, so they have time to think about it before they can respond, all that sort of stuff.
1: Well, and this is what we talk about as a typical male, you know, broad tendency, broad generalization, but the tendency for our boys, if we do give them that heads up of, hey, I want to talk to you about X after dinner. So Mm -hmm. that gives them that opportunity to ponder and think about it rather than springing a question on them and expecting an answer right away, which someone who is more extroverted might be able to quickly come up with that because it's, a different part of their brain. So, mm-hmm. oh, this is so fascinating.
3: Yeah. So
0: and- how do we figure out what our boys are? Mm. You know, <laughs> introversion and extroversion that might be for many sort of the easier one to see, not necessarily mm-hmm. apparent. but how do we figure out what our kids are?
3: There's no easy way. It's a lot of observing and trying to understand the model and what it means, but there are behaviors that you can observe in your child that can help give you clues. And I do actually have a download on my website, familypersonalities.com slash downloads. We'll put it in the show notes guys. Yeah, (laughs) it is just a free guide that will help you determine whether your child prefers introversion or extroversion. I haven't created downloads for all the different preference pairs yet because COVID, but (laughs) that is someplace you can start. Um, That you can take online quizzes, and that's a really fun place to start. But I would really heavily advise against relying on your results from an online quiz. It's just too black and white, and we are too nuanced as humans. And the model is a lot more nuanced than people realize to be able to get to an accurate result. And in fact, I use like the main Myers Briggs company MBTI assessment with my work that I do. And I use it as only a very small piece of the input because in my experience, it's only right about 50% of the time. Interesting. Wow. When it's wrong, it usually at least gets two or three letters, correct, but not all four.
0: My 17 year old son uh, started counseling this summer. And at one of the first sessions, they suggested that he do uh, go to 16 personalities.com which is a free one and sort of based on Myers-Briggs and like, you know, figure out for himself to learn more about him. And when he got his results, he shared them with me and extrovert was one of his things. And my first reaction was, this doesn't sound like my Adam. That was my first reaction. My second thought was the reason why he is in counseling is because of anxiety. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if he hasn't necessarily felt safe or comfortable being that person in the world. If that anxiety has been inhibiting him, is that that a thing?
3: Sure. That's why typing can be so difficult, um, especially once we get into either teenagehood and adulthood, when we have started to conform to the way we think we need to be, either oh. because of messages we got from our parents, because of the messages we get at school, because of the messages we get once we get into the workplace. I for sure would not have chosen INFJ for myself earlier in my life. I would have chosen like ESTJ or something. I'm, I'm someone who very much is a people pleaser and melds to the way the world wants me to be. And so, and we really like ESTJ is like the epitome of what is encouraged in America is that personality type. And I would have totally related with that. I would have been like, that's so me, but it's really not. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So part of the typing process is removing those layers and trying to figure out what are things that I've put on or made myself passably good at in order to fit in with the world or the expectations um, and what is my more natural way of being and finding that is at the
1: essence of a personality type. This episode is sponsored by Byheart. Babies need to eat. And whether you breastfeed
0: or bottle feed, use formula, combine all of the above, you need options. We wanted to let you know about Byheart Baby formula. Byheart has a patented protein blend that gets the closest to breast milk.
1: Winona, menopause care made easy.
3: And so I, that's why I really encourage people, if, unless you have hours and hours of time to de- delve into yourself and into the model and understanding it, I really encourage people to work with a professional who's certified in, in it. And I am one such a professional, but mm-hmm. there are.
1: We are going to pause for a brief message from Haya Health, one of our sponsors. And when we come back, you are going to find out what, Janet and Jen's personality type is, and if we're really suited to be podcast co-hosts. Did you know that 93% of kids don't eat enough fruits and vegetables? You may have one of those children like my niece who ate only macaroni and cheese for about Six of her formative years. (laughs) Many kids kind of fixate on one particular food, and you are tearing your hair out, dear listeners, trying to make sure that they have a balanced diet. I will say, from the benefit of the years, my niece now is a grown woman and has two healthy kids. So that mac and cheese sustained her. But our kids need more nutrition than we are able to give them in their regular diet.
0: Which is why so many of us look to vitamins to fill those gaps. And so many of us, myself included, have been dissatisfied with what we find on the shelves. We recently connected with a new to us company called Haya Health, and they have chewable vitamins for kids that are non-GMO, vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gluten-free, nut-free, all of that. And they fill in the gaps in modern children's diets in a chewable vitamin that kids love. My guys liked it. And my guys uh, are kind of picky. Yeah.
1: So they've been kid tested by your guys, by your nieces and nephews. And we've tested them too. We've tasted them. This is a pediatrician-approved super-powered chewable vitamin. It was created by two dads that were tired of children's vitamins that actually cause more problems than they solve. So with these vitamins, with Haya Health, you know that you're getting zero sugar and zero gummy junk, yet it tastes great and it's perfect for picky eaters. We've
0: worked with Haya Health, and we have an exclusive offer for you. If you go to Haya Health and use the ONBOYS code at checkout, you can get 50% off your first order. Go to Haya Health, H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com and enter ONBOYS to get that 50% off. The discount will be applied at the checkout.
1: And now back to our ONBOYS episode. So Jen and I both did our personality. I I took the 16 personalities test before we talked and I'm, ISFJ. I mean, that just makes my head spin because I have no idea what any of <laughs> know, that I means. <laughs> but, but it was like you, the title was defender, and I thought, oh well, that's weird. But as I read, you know, there are things that are, oh yeah, that is me. Oh yeah, that's not me. You're a
0: total me. defender. Come on. I mean, boy advocate. What do you think you're doing mm-hmm. out here in the world, Janet?
1: I guess so. And yeah, I, okay. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I'll own that. But there was that moment of like, that's not me. Mm -hmm. And then going deeper, it's like, oh yeah. Okay. I do. Yeah. All right. I take it (laughs) on capital letters defender, but I wonder, I would really love to hear how you use this Because there is that place, like, do you change over time and your kids are growing and developing, you know, like, can you reliably use this with a seven-year-old or a 10-year-old? And how do you use this with sort of an unformed human being yet? Or maybe it's more pure in that younger age uh, because of the layers as you're talking that we develop. And and as you talk about those layers, I think about all the layers we put on our boys as a society as, oh yeah, you need to be rough and tumble. You need to be all, all these things. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure there's a clear question in there, but if you can answer one, that'd be
3: great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it can be murky waters, typing kids. It is, there is that definitely aspect, you're onto something there where, especially when they're really little, like toddlers, they are pure versions of themselves, because they haven't picked up a different way to be yet. But on the other hand, they are, Ha- also have not done the work of understanding themselves, and so they can't communicate to you why they're doing what they're doing, which is a key aspect to to being able mm. to pick your type. So I'm very, very strong about when we type children, especially, uh, I would say younger than teenage age. I do actually work with as young as three, but but it, it's a very much like a, a best guess at that at that age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um but once you get to teenagehood, then they can own the process and really pick their own type. And that's really important. So anything before that, we call it a best guess type. And I strongly encourage people to revisit it when the child is old enough to own that process themselves. Mm-hmm. Because if you can't know the motivations behind it, it's harder. And I just feel like it's ethically not right to assign Types to people. So we take a best guess. What are the preferences we're seeing based on behaviors and whatnot? And how can we form our parenting around that? But staying open to the fact that we might have gotten a letter wrong. Mm -hmm. And that's really important to me when they're younger. Um, And but as soon as they're a second grading, second grade reading level or older, they do participate in the process, even if they don't necessarily have the cognitive ability to own it and pick their type, I do at Mm -hmm. least have them participate. um, And I have activities for them to do where they can kind of pick one side or the other. And Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: So talk about how we can um, shift and adapt our parenting to our child's personality type Particularly if their personality is different than ours. So their comfortable way of operating is not my comfortable way of operating.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a good time to talk about the biggest gender patterns in Myers Briggs, which is that third letter, which is the T or the F, which stands for thinking or feeling. And it doesn't mean what the words sound like, it doesn't mean if you're a, th- a thinker that you only think and you never feel. And it doesn't mean that if you're a feeler, you only feel and you never think. It's Jung who created this way back when, just used labels I wish he hadn't used, but it's an incredible model. So we just stick with them. So people who prefer thinking tend to, when they're making decisions, they want to leave feelings and values out of it because that muddies the water for them. So it's all about logical, objective analysis uh, rules, if it's a, if it's a T and a J, then it's uh, very rules-based. If it's a T and a P, it's different. It's more about like an inner sense of truth and wanting to communicate mm-hmm. truth. Mm-hmm. But it's about like, if you try and put feelings into this, I'm going to get overwhelmed. And like, I can't make decisions that way. So
0: it's more mm-hmm. objective facts only. Like, this is how long the road is. This is how big this is. This is what the score is. Objective yes. data
3: exactly and okay. then for people who prefer feeling on the other side they really want to step into the situation emotionally either taking their own values and feelings into account or
1: those of others jen and i i think all of us yes yeah. jen and i are very feeling types yeah and so
3: this tends to fall not 100% along gender lines, but you definitely see more thinkers that are male and more feelers that are female. For males, 67.5% are thinkers, 32.5% are feelers. And so this is a really great one to look at with boys because as mothers, we tend, not always, but a lot of us are more on the feeling side. And Mm -hmm. then our boys, a lot of them are on the thinking side. And listen, the other way around is really important to recognize too, because boys who are feelers that is not taken care of for them. So we could go right. in. That's a, that's a whole nother topic we yes. can go into. But when we have the more standard spread here, where the the mother or we have a parent who's a feeler and a child who's a thinker, I can tell you, I have that with my son. Um, and I'm a very strong feeler. and He's a very strong thinker. We can perceive the things that they do In certain ways. So for example, my son, I love to use this example. This was like maybe a year ago, my son and my daughter were coloring together. And my daughter, who's a little younger than him asked, Oh, do you like my drawing Riker? And he said, Oh, I don't like it. Because, you know, I don't like those colors or something. And she got really upset and she started crying. And the first reaction as a feeler can be like, that's mean right is the first reaction is why would he say that that hurt her feelings that's but understanding that the feelings didn't even come into account to him it's not that he wanted to be mean to her but that wasn't even an input in his decision making of what to say for him it was she asked me is this drawing look good and to me it doesn't look good so I'm answering honestly so to him it's a fact I'm just saying no I don't think I don't (laughs) think it looks good yeah And so depending on the child, there's different ways to handle this. But with a TJ, like we just talked about, who are rules oriented, if I can logically walk him through why a rule is necessary, he will follow it. He has to be logically walked Ah. through why first. So if I can logically walk him through, hey, when someone asks you if you like something they did, it's because they want to feel good about what they did. And when you tell them that you don't like it, it makes them feel like they're a bad artist. um, And then it makes them feel bad. So when someone asks you if you like their drawing, don't tell them you don't like it. You can point out something that you do like and maybe something you would have done differently, but you don't say, I don't like your drawing. And since then he, oh, I understand that. And now he's incorporated it into a rule. And so he doesn't have to deal with the, how is someone gonna feel when I say this? He can just follow the rule. Um, it's different for TPs, but for a TJ, that's they're really good with those rules.
0: I'm thinking that I have some thinkers here in this house, Janet, that they just state things like because that's how they see it without ever even considering the emotional impact on the other person.
1: I think you might be right. Examples (laughs) overfloweth at your house, Jen. (laughs) Sandra, we've been on COVID
0: quarantine, so Mm
1: -hmm. yeah, it's been great here. (laughs) Yeah, lots, even more togetherness than before. Oh, yeah.
0: One of my questions is related to that. I have multiple children. Mm -hmm. They are all different human beings, some similarities. I'm sure there would be differences in personality type amongst them, amongst myself. So as a family how the hell do I accommodate all
3: of this? How do I make this work in the big picture? It can be really helpful to understand everyone's personality types in context with one another. So when you see, and there's there's a layer deeper to Myers-Briggs that most people aren't aware of that goes beyond the preference pairs. The preference pairs are just like the way to figure out your type And then once you know your type, there's something called the cognitive functions that are the meat of your type. And that's where you see how dynamic this model can be, because everyone has an introverted part to themselves. Everyone has an extroverted part to themselves. Everyone has a thinking part. Everyone has a feeling part. And then you see how that breaks down for your type. And you'll see that in a family where, you know, maybe I prefer feeling, my son prefers thinking but there's this other similarity we have when you look at the cognitive functions that I can relate to him on. And so it's really helpful to see all of them and see the deeper level and be like, oh, I have this link with this person in my family. These two people have this link and it can really help you relate to a part of them that maybe you didn't see before.
0: That's really interesting because it's, it's a very scientific way of pointing out that even somebody who you just have, this is my, um, my intuitive part coming out where you have this intuitive sense that they are a really different human being than me. Mm -hmm. Um, There are still places where you can connect. Mm -hmm. It's not, they are this, and I am this, and, you know, never the two shall meet. There are places of connection in there. And as parents, you know, one of our big jobs is to find ways to connect with our children Mm -hmm. as similar or different to us as they may be.
3: Yeah. And it can help us identify to where, Where we're stretching, because as adults, we have worked on our, usually, if we are developing healthy, we've worked on those opposite sides of ourselves. We've worked on, if we're right handed, we've worked on our left, no. I haven't worked on my left hand, but you know what I'm saying? In Myers-Briggs context, we've probably worked on that other side and developed it. And so we can stretch for our children a little more than they can stretch ah, for us, mm-hmm. but also recognizing when I'm doing this for my child, I'm stretching and that's going to exhaust me. And I need to make sure that I'm rested before I do that. And I'm resting afterward.
0: <laughs> so that's one reason why parenting can be so exhausting. That is one reason. Yes. I mean, obviously there's the very physical part too, especially if you have young kids, but you know, I have teenagers now Mm -hmm. and I can sleep. I can get away from them if Mm -hmm. I need to like all of those Mm -hmm. things when they were little, it's not true, but sometimes they just drain me having to function outside of your preferred um, ways of operating is emotionally exhausting Mm -hmm. and it's okay. And necessary to take the time that you need to prepare for those encounters and to recover from those
3: encounters. Yes. And there are certain types who have to stretch in different ways, just by essence of their type and what parenting entails. Like, you know, an intuitive parent, like yourself, having to deal with all the practical details that come along with parenting, like the dinner plans and the keeping things tidy, that is a mess for us it is exhausting you guys
0: can't see me but my mouth dropped open and I'm like oh my god it's like she is reading my mind and she's <laughs> in my house The what to make for dinner every night thing is like the biggest struggle I have and I know that's extremely mm-hmm. privileged but like that <laughs> and the whole house
3: thing I suck at it I suck at it it's so
0: I'm bad
3: I am with you <laughs>
1: So Sandra, I'm I know that you work with families. You are a a, a coach.
3: I call myself a family type practitioner. I had to make okay. up a title cuz there was no such thing.
1: There you <laughs> go. It. I you know, I love I love first of all people thinking outside the box and bringing your own personal interests and education to a into the world in a different way that no one mm-hmm. else is doing. So, mm-hmm. you know, here you are, a family type practitioner. I would be very curious if you could walk us through a, you know, a family coming to you and what their issues are and how you maybe, I want, I want the feel good ending of Mm -hmm. the story. Can you, can you share a, um, a family that you've worked with anonymously, of course, but just kind of walk us through the, um, the process.
3: Yeah, so usually a family will reach out and we'll kind of set up a free intro consult, which anyone can go on my website and schedule one at any time. And then I work over Zoom. What we do is first we meet and we, we go through the typing process for everyone in the family. I type the parents together at the same time if, we, if it's a two-parent household. Or sometimes we work um, if parents are separated or divorced. Sometimes the co-parent mm-hmm. will still want to participate. Um, and we, I do them together. Because it's really, it's crazy how many times someone doesn't perceive themselves the way their spouse does. And that could be an aha moment. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, I guess I am kind of that way. Yeah. And to, mm-hmm. to see how our pet spouses see us is really interesting. So we do, the, we do the adults together first, and then we do the kids. And sometimes the kids are involved if they're old enough, or we just go based on behaviors um, that we notice in them. So a family might, and I also, at the beginning of that process, what are some of the issues that your family deals with, right? And so a family might come in and maybe there's, um, I've had families where there's a lot of perceived drama. So a kid who's very emotional has a lot of like breakdowns, a lot of like running and hiding under the bed, a lot of shutting out. And that's really challenging for the family. Right. And then, so then we go through the typing process, we get everyone's types. And then in the final couple of sessions, I give you kind of a roadmap for your family. So I say, here are all your types. I hope you understand all the types here. How's here's how they're similar. Here's how they're different. And then we look at the specific issues your family has And how can we, what are some tips we can do to address those issues? So for like, in the example of the couple of families I've worked with where big, like emotional blowups were an issue, usually there was a uh, type difference in the kids having maybe more of a feeler side to them and the adults having more of a thinker side for them. And it's just, here's some tips on how to care for those emotions and before it gets into a big blow-up. Mm -hmm. And
0: it's a, it's a kid that has that feeler preference and has not developed yet, you know, the emotional and impulse control that develops as we get older. And if you, as a parent, that's not how you ever perceived the world. I can see that being really difficult to understand.
3: Yeah. And honestly, even for feeling parents, it can be difficult to have a feeling child because we were not raised by our parents a lot of times for our feeling side (sighs) to be nurtured and so we may have maybe may in a thinking pattern even though we're naturally feelers so things that can help with a child who has a feeling preference is always when you're correcting them a lot of eye contact a lot of touching so that they understand that the the connection that you have is not going to be severed mm-hmm. by this conflict mm-hmm. um lots of extra verbal affirmations like I will always love you and we need to work on xyz
1: and Um, do the dishes I will always love you and get the dishes done yes Yes.
3: um providing a safe outlet for their emotions so like regular dinner times of tell me something that was hard for you today like regular times where they can where they can express their emotions are really helpful Mm -hmm. and then a lot of um encouragement that they are allowed to have a voice and they are allowed to have an opinion um and they can stick to their own convictions those are some general things for when you have a Mm -hmm. feeler child that Mm -hmm. can help with the overall emotional state
1: and the amount of blow-ups and drama but wow this is fascinating just to to recognize and i i as a waldorf teacher i um worked with the four temperaments which is Mm. You know, a little it's it—it's an old model from ancient Greece, but it's also very applicable to understanding yourself and those around you. And so it all blends together. The more we can understand each other and where they're coming from, their perspective, it's it's just going to deepen our connection and help our kids and our spouses feel seen and heard in, in a deeper way. And so, you know, this is all just the work of being human. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's so many
0: different ways for us to be human and they're all okay.
1: They're all okay.
3: And not only that, they each have their own superpower. That's my favorite thing is pointing out your kid's superpower.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Ooh, boys especially love to hear about their
1: superpowers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, don't we all love yes. superpowers. <laughs> yeah. Um, so tell our listeners where they can find you, Sandra.
3: Yeah, it's familypersonalities.com. If you can follow me on Instagram, if you just want to dip your toe in and start seeing some personality type stuff in the family setting, Um, my handle is familypersonalities. Do check out my podcast too. It's a really fun project I've been working on and it's called Family Personalities. It's on any podcast platform.
1: Yeah, your website, Instagram and Your podcast. We love talking to fellow podcasters. (laughs) I've met a lot of Jennifer. Did you say you tested as
3: INFJ? So it's interesting. I tested as INFJ years ago Mm.
0: um, and have been remarkably consistent. And Mm -hmm. then I recently, and it was the 16 personalities, which I know is an online test. That one said I'm INFP. Mm which is interesting to me because I have become over the last 20 years, much more flexible and spontaneous versus rigid largely as a function of, um, Raising and living with four unpredictable (laughs) boys, like I had to. I and and so that's interesting to me.
3: Yeah, it sounds like maybe more naturally an INFJ, but you flexed really hard to that side. But yeah, sometimes it can be hard to figure out the chicken or the egg. But I was just going to say I've met a ton of INFJ and INFP podcasters. It's like a really popular medium, I guess, for for those two types to go into.
0: INFJ is one of the more rare personality types in
3: the world at large, isn't it? It is, but it's also one of the types that is most interested in Myers-Briggs. So maybe that's why <laughs> people who want me on their podcast tend to be into personality types. So <laughs>
1: what's the S and the N? Cause Jen and I have that differently. So S and
3: N. N is intuition and S is sensing and it's how you take in information from the world. So for sensors, it's more about what's practical what is, um, the? it's about looking at the details and the practical applications of things. And for intuitives, it's more about the meanings and the theories and like connecting ideas together and looking at the big picture. Janet, this
0: is part of why I
3: asked you to do the
0: podcast with me because you, I I knew it. You are better at like the details and getting the specific work done. And I'm off over here on like you know, big picture ideas.
1: That's fascinating. So true. That's why we're such a good pair, you and me. <laughs> oh, I'm glad it turned yeah. out that way. Me too. <laughs> we can, yeah, we can do another
0: podcast after this.
1: <laughs> Sandra, thank you so much for joining us. And I just really encourage our listeners to listen to your podcast, find out more, because this is just a way of broadening and deepening all of your relationships with yourself and with each other. And your yeah. families. Yeah. Thank you
3: guys for what you do. And thanks for having me on. It was a really, really fun conversation.
1: So there you have it. Now you know the main difference between Jen and I. And while she is off thinking about lofty big picture ideas, I will tell you that if you are listening to this in real time, don't forget about the Envoy's webinar coming up. What makes him tick? Go to on-boys-podcast.com slash event and you'll find the registration page there and also our good friend Casey O'Rourke's event coming up use the boys 25 coupon code there and also Haya Health and use the on Boys coupon code to save on your first order You can find all those links in the show notes at on-boys-podcast.com. That's it for today, and we look forward to being back with you again next week.